Well, we're going to get started this evening. Uh, we're going to keep going through the topic of unwrapping your spiritual gift. Um, I had a handout for last week. Um, how many here maybe do not have that handout from last week? Maybe I, Larry, do you mind? It's different. Yep. There's a part two also. So um, Larry's going to hand out the part one. So if you did not get one of those, um, you can hand those out. And then Jake's going to hand out part two. Okay. So we'll let Larry get going. And uh, if you did not get tonight's, which is unwrapping your gift part two. I know this is confusing. I, I was thinking it was confusing for me, but I guess it's for everybody. So we need one more part one up here too when you're done. You got a part one? Thank you. There you go. All right, how many need part two, which is tonight's? Raise your hand. There's a few, a few in the back, Jake. Those that raised their hand. Part two. All right, part one and then part two. <laughs> All right. Oh, it could be a lot worse, couldn't it? <clears throat> we could all be sitting on those wooden wooden pews in Peru, okay? Yeah. Wondering if you're going to break them if you're a person like me. Okay. And as Jake's finishing that up, there was some, some talk, too, about Brother Lawman in China. Oh, one more, Jake. A couple more in the back. Um, Brother Lawman in China, we did get an update. And um, so the idea is that they are not meeting. Well, we're not sure when they're meeting exactly, but they've, they've broken the church up into four different groups. Thank you, buddy. And um, those groups are meeting at different times during the week, and Brother Lawman's visiting them. And so they're trying to do it so it's um, not as many people um, possibly at different times, and so they're not being maybe watched as much. Um, but be praying. The big, the big thing is, is that they need to renew their visas real soon. And so some of the same people that came out in the station, I understand, from what I understand, are the people that are going to look over the paperwork. So we need to need to be praying about that. Um, it, it was said that uh, was ever the emperor or whatever they called over there in China, um, the head person over there that has came to power, he is very much against Christianity within the last couple of years. A lot of things have been taken down and things have been kind of laxed over the years. So be praying for them. And as far as I know, the school is registered with the with China, so they want to still open that up, I believe, in September. So, um, But no Bibles. But I was talking with Cheryl. There's, there's ways around that, I would think. One wise man, his name Peter, said this, you know. Um, but it would be better to have a full Bible for sure. But um, just just pray for them, for wisdom, guidance. Um, so, good. Well, let's get into our study this evening. Uh, we're going to continue unwrapping your spiritual gift. Part one, I just about finished last week. So if you have part one, it's just unwrapping your spiritual and it's plural gifts. Um, but surely as I, I looked at that, I realized that was a typo because I don't know how many gifts are given. All I know is that we're at least given one gift, according to First Peter. Each individual is given a gift, the Bible says there. And so we went through a lot of this. I will review some of this in part two, but I think there's a few blanks that we didn't get to last week. So if you, if you flip it over, we've looked at the definition of spiritual gifts, uh, the distribution of spiritual gifts. I believe, um, did we get C there under the distribution of spiritual gifts? Kind of the third page. Is that where we're at? That's where we're at. Okay. So, um, see, permanently distributed, so the 
So Christ gives the gifts. He's the risen, ascended, victorious Christ. They're given by the Holy Spirit at will, uh, but they're permanently distributed to all believers at conversion. Uh, But no believer has all the gifts. I'm going to go quick through this because I'm going to review some of this, okay? Um, So I just want to get you the the blanks. Uh, And there's... Romans 11.29 says, For the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. So, so a couple things right away to think about. The Holy Spirit gives the gifts at will. Okay? When you come to know Christ as your Savior, you are baptized in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit indwells you. You get the Holy Spirit. The question is not, can I get more of the Holy Spirit? The question really is, can... The Lord get more of me. The Holy Spirit control me. That's what it comes down to. And as pastor has been teaching on being led by the Spirit. But every individual has been given a spiritual gift. Spiritual gifts, again, why are they given? They're given to minister in the body of Christ. To build up the church. It's a type of gift that's given that isn't meant necessarily for you. It's not to serve yourself. Most gifts we get are things that are for ourselves, right? But there are certain things that we get. Really, it's, it's, there's a bigger picture. It's to be used for something. As we talked about women, when they get cookware, it's, there's a bigger purpose for that. It's a blessing for a woman to have that and have nice cookware and not have to worry about certain things and um, you know, scrubbing that stuff that never comes off. Um, and the men get you know, tools, and tools are awesome, aren't they, men? Um, you know, and, and being able to do certain things, and they really are. Certain tools make things go much, much, much quicker. Um, but spiritual gifts are given with the intent that it's to build up the body of Christ. It's to help others. So a couple things right away. When we come to meet together as a church family, remember, we don't come to church. We gather together as a church. This is a building. If we were in other countries, like in China, the church is still meeting in house to house, even though they've split up now in four sections. It's maybe not the whole body, but there's parts of the body there. So when we come together, each one of us has a gift that needs to be used to edify the body of Christ. So everybody that comes to church has a specific purpose and reason for coming. I said they're coming to church, coming together in the body of Christ. Really, it's been brought that there's three types of gifts. There's the sign gifts. And we're not going to get into the sign gifts. There's some controversy over those. As a Baptist, we believe they're foundational. But there are speaking gifts up front, teaching, exhortation, Certain gifts that preaching, that prophecy that are used. And there's certain gifts that are serving. They're behind the scenes. These are people that don't like to get up in front of people. Um, uh, Often those that are the the church custodian have this type of gift. Or those that like to serve in the kitchen at camp. They, they, They do an awesome job at what they're doing. They love the Lord. They don't complain. This is this. They enjoy it. Okay. Um, but those are you. So when you come to church, nobody's irrelevant. Okay, everybody has a part in the body of Christ. It is not just those singing and speaking. Uh, everybody has a ministry. Okay, um, Mike. Just to comment on that, uh, what, at my 
us is we need to remember who we're serving. We're doing it for yeah. him, not for each other. Yes, and yes. If we do it for yeah. him, I believe we'll be doing the best that we can, which will benefit everyone. That's a good point. Um, because there is no perfect church, is there? Not until we get to heaven, okay? Um, all of us are struggling with different things. Things are going on. Some of us fall into sin. All these things happen. So if we're living to please men, yes, so it, it, won't, it won't work right. But if we're living to please the Lord, God will bless and he can help. And he can use these gifts um, in that way. And so everybody that comes to gather together is essential, is needed. That's why it's important that we be meeting with God's people. Um, that's why it's important to get out of our mind and say, well, I'm just going to go up to the mountains and, and have my church there because that's not church. And it is neat to go and have refreshing times and see God's beauty. But don't miss out on that corporate time where we come together as we've been worshiping the Lord all week, coming together to minister to one another because uh, that is that is so, so, so important and so essential. And so uh, they're given permanently. And so sometimes what happens often is we start we start wanting to have the gifts of somebody else. All right. And this is one of the things is. As I encourage you to take the spiritual gift test, one of the things as you do that, I, there's a lot of things I would say about that test. I'll talk about a little bit later. But sometimes we desire to have certain gifts that someone else has and we don't have it. And sometimes what's funny is people actually, others in the church, can know, they know what your spiritual gift is more than you do because for whatever reason you're coveting after another gift, you think you should have that. And that happens. Um, but we need to be honest, as it says in Romans 12, 3, um, and so uh, that's that's blank. D there says distributed to the body of Christ as a whole. Here's something to remember. It's the body of Christ. We are the local church body here in Eugene, Oregon. There are other local churches in the area. Um, and there's lo- other local churches throughout the world. There's various gifts in all of these different churches. There's different types of churches. But not only that, but it's, it spans a, 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 of time, too. Of when Pentecost came to the time we're here, it's the whole church. And so that's why I believe, as it, as it says in Ephesians 2.20, it says, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. There were certain gifts that were meant for a certain time period, and they've been built upon once we have the word of God. And, and I know there's different thoughts about that, but as you look through the book of Acts, you see these different uh, at least three times with these different gifts, setting that foundation with different people groups. And uh, last week, we just briefly looked at the three um, basic groups of spiritual gifts. There's around 20 or so listed in the Bible, but some of them kind of overlap, uh, really around 18 that we could say. And why is it that there's not just one one list? It's just totally complete. It's just how it is. I don't know. A lot of this was written by Paul uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and Peter. It's in 1 Corinthians, uh, it's in Romans, it's in Ephesians. Uh, 1 Peter talks about things. 2 Second, Second Timothy, 1 Timothy talk about uh, spiritual... What's, what's, again, what's the word for spiritual gifts? Remember the Greek word for this? It's charisma. Remember that? Charisma. And that's where we get the word charismatic. It, but all of us, truly, if we really want to get technical, we all should be charismatic in the fact that we should be using this spiritual gift. But the base word of that is is what we get, charis, which is grace. So just as we get grace for salvation, we've been given a gift, we've been given grace, we've been graciously been given something that God wants to use to build up his church. 
And so, um, yeah, all the, that's what I'm trying to say. All the gifts are charismatic. Now, we know why churches are called charismatic, because often they believe in the foundational gifts, the sign gifts, and often they, they have those in services. And, um, and we're not, my, my intent tonight is not to get into all that, okay? But I've been to churches like that, and, and there is a reason why they're called charismatic, okay? <laughs> um, but they are our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Um, but I think we got to be very careful. We're not looking for experiences as our basis for truth. We're going to the Word of God. And uh, we do have experiences at times. You ought, you ought to. If, you're, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you ought to, you, you ought to experience God. You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't mean necessarily speaking in tongues. It just means having that personal relationship. Okay, but I'm not going to get into all that. But we looked at some of these different gifts. Um, I'm just trying to close this out and then get in the, the next one. But the miraculous gifts, they're, they're listed there. The enabling gifts, these are ones that help enable a, the, the church. The gift of faith. Um, I... I you know, I, I, and I think it's okay to name certain people that I think might have some of these gifts, and I don't know. But I, I know um, one person that often comes to my mind with the gift of faith is Dale Miller. Dale Miller, when he looked at the property over at the Eagles there, he could just see it. He said, "We this, is, this can be turned in to Westside. He told us, he said, we need to send out an email. They're having some type of, I don't know what was going on in the Eagles. They said, we need to let the church family know they need to come over and take a look at all this and just see what God can do. And us pastors are thinking, wow, I don't, you know, it's, it's a pretty big deal, you know. And, uh, but but that, that is to help, enable to help us to think, to, to trust God, to see that God's promises are true, that God can do a great and mighty thing. We just have to trust him. There's the gift of discernment, okay? Um, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge. There's certain people with knowledge they love, and we all ought to love the word of God but there's just something where they're able to have things click, okay? We'll talk more individually about these. There's the team gifts, all these that are listed. These would be the gifts. If you take the spiritual gift test, some of these things can come up. But uh, look at this last um, quote by uh, John MacArthur. It's a good quote. He says, Every believer receives the exact gift and resources best suited to fulfill his role in the body of Christ. We need to believe that. You've been given the best gift and resources to fulfill your role in the body of Christ. Okay, now we can develop those, we can grow, we can learn, but you've been given something and you need to be a good steward of those gifts or at least that gift and resource. Every person has his own special but limited set of capabilities. Trying to operate outside those capabilities produces frustration, discouragement, guilt feelings, mediocrity, and ultimate defeat. We fulfill our calling when we function according to God's sovereign design for us. All right? According to God's sovereign design. So I'm going to get into uh, part two. We'll, We'll just recap a little bit here. But as we do this... In architecture, as we've been learning with the new building, usually, or almost always, form follows what? Function. In architecture, you you try to figure out, and and I think I understand some of this now being through this whole process, but you want to get a good floor plan. That's one of the most important things. You need to find out with the church, what are you going to be doing? When we talked to the architect, they said, what 
What do you plan to do? What do you do on Sundays? What do you do throughout the week? What about Wednesday nights? What about Kids for Truth? What about these all kinds of things? What about the kitchen? What I mean, all these things they're asking. You know, how many people do you think will come on, you know, in a service when you have just one service? You know, how, all these things are asked because they want to know what's the main function of the building. And so once we started answering those questions and thinking through all that, then we started to plan how many Sunday school rooms we need. How many bathrooms do we need? We need bathrooms upstairs. What do we need for bathrooms? We want a prophet's chamber. What kind of prophet's chamber? Do we want two rooms. What's that? Oh, function. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> do we want flush-a-meter toilets, or do we want uh, <laughs> do we want the other type of toilets? Okay. I mean, there's a lot, really, all that function. But then form comes. Form says, let's try to make this beautiful and pleasing. Let's try to make this really special. So as you go over there, some of the things that are beautiful are the what? The curved walls over there. How many of you have seen that? The vaulted ceilings. You go in the sanctuary and look up, and the ceiling there, and. And then also if you go in the fellowship hall, there's kind of a neat ceiling there. And we're going to get tile and different colored flooring and paint and all these different things to try to make it look what? Beautiful. Uh, even the top there, you know, that big base. Do you know, do you know there's that big base for then the steeple? Do you know there's these big, you probably didn't even notice it. There's these big, some of you do because you have a good eye. Some of them, there's these big um, screens. There are vents. Do you know those vents do have a purpose? It's for your HVAC. So how are we going to get the air that we need? And so we have this base, and then we had this beautiful um, steeple on top of it. But there was a function, and then there was a form. So we understand that in architecture. We understand that in our homes and things like that if you're into building. But let me tell you this. It's the opposite when it comes to to the believer. It's the opposite with the gifts and the talents that God has given. It's actually... Um, function follows form. God formed us. He made us. Okay, He's given us natural abilities. And when we come to know Christ, he's given us supernatural abilities at conversion, spiritual gifts. And he's formed us and he's created us and he's made us to be his workmanship. And now, once you, we start, as we're really going to focus tonight, we should have more time, we're going to really focus on ministering and being available for God, we start understanding more how God has formed us so that we can function right for him. Do you see it? It's a little different. And uh, But tonight, I want to really just focus on discovering and developing of spiritual gifts. But just to backtrack, a few blanks here, a few things to think about. Uh, eight, uh, number one there, the definition of spiritual gifts. We looked at these passages last week. Spiritual gifts are special abilities. Again, charisma. It's grace. It's special grace given to you. It's abilities. Uh, divine enablement. It's distributed by the Holy Spirit to every believer to serve Christ. There's abilities to serve Christ according to God's design and grace for the common good of the body of Christ. For the common good of the body of Christ. Again, that gift, the spiritual gift, the grace that's been given to you is to build up the body of Christ. It's to edify the body of Christ. Secondly, the distribution of the spiritual gifts. Again, review. The risen, victorious, that's the blank, victorious Christ. 
He gives these gifts. Remember last week, Ephesians 4, 7 through 13, the beginning of Ephesians 4 talks about how as a church body, we need to be unified together. But then you get in verse 7 and it says that each one of us are unique as we've been given gifts as of the good measure of Christ or the full measure of Christ. And so these gifts are given because Christ died and he led captivity captive and conquered those things like someone would go and they would bring the spoils back from war. It's a quote from the psalm there. And they give gifts. Christ is able to give these gifts to us as Christians because he rose from the dead. And he said, wait around for Pentecost and the Holy Spirit will come. And he came and gave those spiritual gifts to the apostles. And, he, and, he's, and the Holy Spirit gives it now to us at salvation. So it says the gifts by the will of the Holy Spirit. By the will of the Holy Spirit. And again, when you understand that the Holy Spirit has given you the grace, the gifts that's unique to you and that's to benefit the whole church, it ought to help you when you come to be with believers. It ought to help you to realize, man, I have something that God's given me to serve him. What a, what a great liberty. Everybody's important in God's eyes. Most likely at conversion, I, I believe that's how it fits all theologically, reasonably it fits at conversion. And here's the thing. So if you're given the gifts at conversion, we don't always know what those gifts are. Isn't that what we're talking about tonight? Discovering your gifts. Here's something else. Really, if, if you've made yourself available to God and serving God, you won't really know all your spiritual gifts or everything until really when? At the end of your life. <laughs> Because there are certain times in our life, as we make ourselves available to God, we're like, wow, you mean I really can do something like that? I mean, God really can help me? God's given me the gift to do that? Things that might come up years down the road, but as we make ourselves available. That's one thing about the spiritual gift, as you take that. If anything, when people take the spiritual gift, they, they go through all those questions. And there's a lot of questions. Some of you have been through the spiritual gift test. There's a lot of questions on there, isn't there? There's a whole lot of questions. There's not pass or fail either. But you go through and you're like, boy, I've never done that, so I, don't, I can't even answer this. Or, I, you know, it's like, never. Do you have a heart to do certain things? Have you ever, you know, teaching, whatever, giving, whatever it might, you might, I don't, I don't know that because I've never done it. So you can't answer. But if you take that five years down the road, you now have done more things, Lord willing, and you start to figure out even more. And so a spiritual gift analysis or test is only as good as you've made yourself available to God and uh, finding out more. Uh, for him. Um, next point. No believer has all the gifts. Okay, that, that goes totally against the idea that we are a body. Uh, there's different parts to the body. Um, and the gifts are given to the body of Christ as a whole. We talked about that already. Um, but thirdly, let's get into this. The discovery and development of spiritual gifts. Let's just realize this. Realize you have been made for ministry. You have been made for ministry. Okay. Again, function follows form for a Christian. Opposite of architecture. Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're made for ministry. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not made for ourselves. And that's when we're, when we're lost, we're living to please who? We're living to please ourselves. And when you please yourselves, can you ever be happy? No, you can't. When I go on vacations, I usually, lots of times, tell the family, I say, hey, if we're living just to have 
amazing experiences, just to be happy, just to please ourselves, we're not going to find it on vacation. We're not going to find it. Because it has to be about what? It has to be about God. It has to be about ministering to one another. If you're loving one another, ministering one another, it's funny. Hey, guess what? Oh, we do have joy. Okay. Going to Disneyland, it's a neat place. But I'm telling you, when you're standing in line and it's hot outside and there's all these people, if you're living for self, you're not going to be happy, okay? Yeah, even in the happiest place on earth. It ain't if you're standing in line. It ain't if you're just going to please self. Anyways, sometimes there are, there are things that happen, but it's later. Anyways, be here. Oh, let me, let me back up one second. Um, realize you've been made for ministry. So uh, some of you heard uh, about a man named Dino that's in the jail that it went to. I've seen him a few times. He's Catholic. Um, met with him again. He made a profession of faith over missions conference and came to know Christ right there, right, right across from the class. And I said, are you ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ? And went through the gospel. He said, I'm ready. And he prayed right there. Um, so praise the Lord. It's been two weeks. His trials, uh, he had his 35-day call. And he's, he's, he's going to get a lot of time, okay? He's going to get over 20 years probably. Um, and it's tough for him because he, he admits part of it's true, but he said there's other things on there that it's a false accusation, okay? I don't know. I don't, I don't go as a judge, okay? I have no idea, and I don't try to discern that part. But if he goes to trial, more than likely, he could serve up to 60 years. And that's his whole life. And so in his mind, he's thinking, well, what should I do? He, he, literally, in his mind, he'd rather just take his life, and that's it. Because what is, what, is what is he at a loss of? He's at a loss of hope, purpose. And so as I talked to him about this, I said, if you truly know Jesus Christ as your Savior, God now has purpose and he has hope for you. He has hope for you. Getting to know him, getting to, to feast on his word. If anything, spending that time, you have time now. If anything, if, you, if you're saved, you have the good news now to go and share that good news with other people. And he's telling me, he's telling me the people he's with in the jail. He's like, yeah, I'm with the guy that, I mean, this is horrible, but I'm with the guy that killed six other people with a baseball bat. I mean, he's with all these other people, and, and I'm like, well, you're able to talk to people I don't get to talk to. <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, in his mind, it's pretty hard to think on that right now. But the fact is, is that what? When we start focusing on the fact that God made me to serve him, it gets us off ourself, doesn't it? B. Realize you have been saved and called for ministry. You've been called for. Each one of us. This isn't just a pastor or a missionary. 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 12. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with the holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Do you see his mindset here? Because he realized he's been saved and he's been called to ministry. 
He's got purpose, even though he's going through all these sufferings. And I believe in Second Timothy, he's under, he's under, he's he's in Rome. I think he's in Rome at this time, but he's under arrest. He's at the end of his life. All these different things, but he said, "I've been saved and called with the holy calling." First Peter two nine. Peter reminds them, and he says, "But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you." Out of darkness into his marvelous light. But we have purpose. What an opportunity to serve the Lord with whatever gifts, whatever we have to serve him. We have a question back there. Uh, Hebrews uh, 2.10. Yeah, that's good. Philippians chapter 1 at the end there talks about suffering as a gift from God. <laughs> I don't. There's certain gifts I guess I don't want. But but it's the fact is it's still a gift because it helps us to be conformed into his image, to grow. Yeah. Let's think about this a second. Improper, in imbalance of spiritual gifts. Improper view of spiritual gifts. There's two. We got a pendulum here. The one is someone says, well, spiritual gifts, they're just ir- irrelevant. For today, uh, really, the goal is we just need to grow spiritually. The church, the first, you know, the found they were foundational, but now we just need to grow spiritually. Um, and, and what's the problem with that? The problem is the Bible speaks of it, right? And really, even the second generation of the church, Ephesians, First Peter, speak of these ministering with the gifts that God has given us. And so there is there is this mentality out there. But if you swing it the other way. The other way it is, spiritual gifts must be discovered before you minister. Now, is that right? No. Do we even have a command in Scripture that tells us to to dis, to know to to know your spiritual gift? No. You know what we have the command to serve one another, <laughs> love one another, be kind to one another. We're actually not commanded to know our spiritual gift. That's interesting, isn't it? To seek them, yeah. So let's put that all in perspective, okay? So we have to have a healthy balance because I do think we need to grow spiritually. I do think we need to try to discover our spiritual gifts, though we're told not to seek them, okay? But let's try to get that that pendulum in the right way. So that's what I want to do in the next um, few points here is to help us think about this. Tonight, we're not really going to be looking at each spiritual gift individually. We're going to talk about the fact that we just need to make ourselves available to God. Because you really can't discover your spiritual gifts until you're willing to just make yourself available. And as we, as the next point is, take inventory, that's the blank, take inventory periodically of the total package of gifts in your life. That's why it's neat to just count your blessings, right? Do you remember the missionary Aaron Peterson to Germany? Do you remember his, uh, his testimony about how God really... You really sense God's calling to Germany? Do you remember what he said? Does anybody remember? He said, my, my testimony is a little bit different. He said, what I did is I just took an inventory of my life, of all that I had in Christ. 
And he started thinking about how he got saved. He started thinking about his parents. He started thinking about, um, he did get some um, education, Bible school education. He knows German. He, know, he grew up in Germany. He started thinking through all those things. And as he started just pondering and thinking through the gifts and things God had given him, he said it was at that point he realized, you know what, I ought to be over in Germany where there's definitely a need, where I know the language, where I understand the people, and where I have a heart for it. And so he got his calling by just thinking through, taking that inventory, okay? Um, that was interesting. I don't know. No one else remembers that? I remember. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. I thought that was very interesting. he also was going to go in the town. So God said, no, Yes. Yeah, another Bible study open. There was a door open. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Natural abilities. We talked about this last week. Uh, or we call natural talents. Okay, what's the difference between a natural talent and a, and a spiritual gift? Supernatural gift that comes. Uh, natural talents are, have the idea that you get it at birth. And uh, normally some of those things flow from your parents. Sometimes they skip a generation or two. <laughs> okay. But um, they can come from birth. Such things as what? You tell me. What are some of the natural talents or abilities that you're born with? Lots of times it's an ear for music, isn't it? To be able to, an aptitude to pick up different instruments. Well, that's for sure. But, but I do have a third category, and that is acquired abilities. And so I do want to talk about that a second. But, um, so music, we always think of that one, don't we? What's that? Yeah, there is mechanical. Some people, they are born with a natural aptitude to do certain mechanical things, to, th- to see things 3D and twist it around. Some of us can't visualize that, okay? Uh, what's that? Public speaking. Public speaking. Um, that can that can sometimes be acquired ability too, but sometimes it just seems like, well, women they're born speakers, aren't they? I mean, oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, anyways, um, IQ. What about IQ? Right. Lots of times, IQ is something that I mean people can get better. I I know for me in college, I I only scored so high on my ACTs, but. It's interesting, when you go to college, it takes a lot more than just IQ to pass and to, to get your degree. Um, strength, size. How do you remember, um, what's the big guy? Oh, oh no, interesting, all these. Uh, I watched Princess Bride uh, the other night, and uh, the, the big, uh, it's like a giant in there, I can't think of his name. Anyways, what's that? Andre the Giant, yes. This guy is massive, he's big, his head's... Like, you know, five basketballs. I don't know. It's, you know, but that was, that was something that was a natural uh, talent, ability. Uh, acquired abilities, learned skills. Uh, just think about this, cooking, driving, uh, educational things to become a nurse, uh, uh, construction, graphic design. These are things that take training and they're acquired, okay? And then spiritual gifts, the speaking or the serving gifts. When you start to, what, take inventory of the gifts that God's given you, um, it's interesting to see what, what God's given. I would say one other thing, and my kid on it, is the idea that God gives you experiences, too, in your life that are very valuable for ministry. We just have to be careful. We don't um, trust so much in those experiences that we're not being led by the Spirit, too. Um, Romans 12.3 says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think, what? Soberly. As God hath dealt to each one a measure 
of faith. All right, so we ought to think about these things and contemplate what are the, what is the total package of gifts that God's given in my life. And it'd be amazing. And that's not, it's thinking soberly, not thinking too high of yourself, not being prideful. Uh, D, take every opportunity you can to prepare yourself. Sharpen your talents. Acquire skills. Work on development of spiritual gifts. First Peter 4.14 says, do not neglect, I'm sorry, First Timothy 4.14 says, do not neglect the gift that is in you. Don't neglect it, okay? Second um, Timothy 1.6-7, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of, of my hands. That's talking about the confirmation of ordination, the confirming the call, laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. That word, the gift of God, the gift there, that's charisma, okay? Um, I don't know if it's totally talking about spiritual gifts or it's just a, the idea of just the grace of God that's given all the things that are given to you. It's not, I'm not totally sure there, but the idea is that it's to stir up the gift. It's like a fire, to stir up a fire, okay? As you wake up in the morning in the fireplace, and it's just down to those ambers. It's, it's getting that stoked up, getting that air on there, getting the wood in there so that that fire can come aflame. The Bible's clear that we're to stoke that up. We are to, to be stirred up, to not neglect our gifts. So we need to take every opportunity to prepare, okay? So even somebody um, younger, older, whatever it might be, we need to take that and, and prepare. And, and I think it's easy to get in the mindset, oh, I've done that, I've and I'm old, I can't do anything, you can't learn, you can't teach a dog new tricks, right? Um, <laughs> and there's probably some truth to that, but, um, but, but we need to prepare ourselves, okay? Especially our young people, okay, and helping them. Think about this gift. How is uh, the gift of giving, how, do, how does a person need to take every opportunity to prepare to be a good giver? Especially if they have this spiritual gift. I know we're over time, but can you give me just a couple more minutes? What's that? Willing to give. But if you, if you have that spiritual gift, once you start giving, you're like, man, I have so much joy. This is like this is like the best thing. I love doing this. This is where I feel like I can really help build up the body of Christ. So willing, it has to start there. But what else? Think about it. Trust. trust? You, you do have to trust. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Faithful. How about the fact that somebody that has the gift of giving, they've got to be a good steward of their finances. So they need to have a budget. They need to learn. They need to take every opportunity to know how to use their money wisely so that when they do give, they can give. Okay. Hospitality. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I would, and that's true, but I would say that's probably then getting into serving, the gift of serving. Uh, giving here, I, I think, a lot of ways, it means money. <laughs> it means it means stuff. Um, but uh, what about evangelism? You know, when evangelists come through, they go through churches. They're in churches weekly. Some of these evangelists are in churches 40 weeks out of the year, uh, 48 weeks out of the year. That's a lot. Think about that. How do they how do they take every opportunity to prepare themselves? I tell you what, they got to watch what they eat. They have to exercise. I know Jeremy Fraser and them. They have to be careful about if there's illness and things. I mean, you just you see what I'm see what I'm getting at. You need to think through and and um, uh, think through this teaching, uh, exhortation. You, you got to study the Word of God. 
You can't be a good teacher if you don't have the truth of God dwelling inside you to teach. Okay? Discernment. Yeah. Having that discernment um, can be developed too. Let me just go on to this next one. I want to get to this and then we'll be done, okay? And we'll look at some more next week. Um, Spiritual gift, uh, either be involved in the Lord's work. So, either take every opportunity that you can prepare yourself, okay, to stir up this gift. But we just need to be involved. Uh, Gifts are both discovered and developed by serving. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the spirit. When we quench the spirit, we're saying no to God. We're not doing those spiritual disciplines in our lives. This word quench actually means to put out the fire. Stir up means to stir it up, make it a flame. This actually means to, to pour water on it, to quench it out. So we need to be involved. Think about Philip the, evangel- uh, Philip the Evangelist. Remember him? He's spoken of as one of the deacons. Okay? He's full of faith. He was serving the widows. But then we see him. He's called and he's going out. Um, and then God ends up calling him to uh, the Ethiopian eunuch. By the time we're done at the end of Acts, it says he's called Philip the evangelist. But he made himself what? Just available to God. Last week we talked about Josh. Use that illustration of Josh Waldecker. And, um, I did talk to him afterwards. It's okay. But when Josh Waldecker, he got saved. He grew. pastor discipled him. Um, he just wanted to be used the Lord. So he came. He started doing the sound. He said when he started doing the sound booth, he realized that, hey, now I'm coming to church and I realize I'm actually giving back and I'm being used. And now I come with a whole different mindset. And as he's just making himself available and being used, um, we, we get to know him a little bit. I hear him talk some and I say, well, Josh, I say, you know what? It would be neat if you could, you could give a devotional at the men's or the prayer time at the church. Just, you know, nothing too fancy. Just, just, you know, just something God spoke to you in Scripture. So he gave that devotional at, at the men's prayer time or the men's and women's prayer time. And I think all of us pastors are like, wow, wait a second. The way he methodically went through that passage and said these different things, maybe he has the gift of teaching, okay? And then we gave him an opportunity to teach, and then he's done some teaching, okay? Um, he, as I talked to him, he said, I'm not sure if I have the gift of teaching or the gift of knowledge. I don't, I don't know. We'll talk about that. But, but you just make yourself available to God. Notice this, though. We are commanded to minister in many areas, whether we think we have the gift or not. You understand this? So you say, well, someone will say, well, I discovered my gift. So, hey, I don't need to give. I don't have that gift. <laughs> I don't need to serve. I'm a speaker. <laughs> I don't need to do that. I Wait a second. That's not what God ever intended by giving those spiritual gifts. Look at this. Gifts given to some, commands given to all. The gift of serving. Well, Galatians 5.13 says, serve one another. Be serving one another. Humbly give of yourself. Exhortation, we are told to exhort one another, okay, to encourage, uh, that kind of the idea of uh, encouragement, uh, comfort. Uh, sometimes it can be even rebuking. Giving, we're told to all give. Teaching, we're told to go and make disciples of all nations. Showing mercy, we're told in Ephesians 4.32 that we're to be kind to one another. Faith, well, we're told to walk by faith. In evangelism, we're told all to be witnesses, not just the evangelists. Do you see what I'm saying? So what we need to do is just be involved in the Lord's work, whether or not we have certain gifts or not. We're just commanded to do it, okay? 
But I do believe some things will come easier as you just make yourself available to God. And God, it's like, man, some of these things, I just love certain things. Other things are tougher, but when the Lord, when the Lord, I feel the, the moving of the Lord, I need to obey. I need to stir up. I need, I need to not quench the spirit. And so I hope this is helpful. We'll try to finish the rest of this next time and then start looking individually at the gifts. I, I only have so much time. I don't really have one more week. So um, maybe y'all should come at 6 o'clock. No, I don't no, I'm, I'm sure that'd be way too much. <laughs> but I hope this is helpful. I, I try. I'm trying to put it on paper so you can go back and look at it, look at the verses, think through it, asking God to help you. Um, go ahead and go go through that spiritual gift um, analysis. I do have the link on there again. I believe somewhere, um, and uh, do that. Let's let's close in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, I'm so thankful for who you are. We're thankful for the Lord Jesus. We're thankful, Jesus, you are the head of the church. We're thankful, Spirit of God, that that you give spiritual gifts at will. And Lord, you tell us, um, you tell us uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the book of Romans there that, as Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Tell us not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Lord, I pray that we would just simply just trust you, that we would be dedicated to you, that we, Lord, be willing to serve, that we would prepare and grow, that we would take inventory of our life. Uh, Truly, Lord, we want to be used in the most effective way. And as MacArthur said, using uh, what we've been given, the way we've been designed, uh, Lord, to, to to not do what you've called us to, we will be um, and we will be frustrated in different things. But Lord, we pray that you'd help us, Lord, just to be available, just to seek you, Lord, uh, be willing to get out of our comfort zone. And uh, Lord, that you do work as we minister to one another. Help each one of us to realize you have a purpose for each one of us. And that is to glorify you and to serve you and to serve one another. So help us now, Lord, we pray. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I did go a little bit over, but um, God bless you.